Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Join Gloria and Kelly Copeland today as they explain how shame operates. Receive the truth and come freely into God's presence. Now with today's message, here's Gloria. Hello everybody, welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Kelly is with us today, Kelly Copeland, with some more word about what? Yesterday we were talking about shame. We talked about the things that are keeping us from experiencing God's presence. Yeah. We have a treasure on the inside of us. And so Satan would love to keep us through pride, shame. Condemnation. Condemnation That's from walking in what the daily presence of God. Yeah. You know, um, I've been through a lot of stuff in my life and there have been a lot of points of shame that I didn't realize I had until God started showing me these things. Yesterday we were talking about um, freedom is messy. It can look messy in the beginning. So stuff, God starts getting a little close to your, you know, talking about what we need to fix inside of you. Yeah. you it's easy to start but it takes backing to improve. up. Yeah. yeah, or um, sometimes we get so upset if, stuff comes up about a family member or, you know, if your children, I mean, don't ever be ashamed of stuff coming up about your children because if you don't, if you're not watchful over it, you'll want to hide stuff. And if you hide, you lose. If you hide stuff, it stays with you. You get to keep it. Think about a dirty house. <laughs> oh no. Or a, a closet. Think about a closet, a messy you closet. Shut the door on it can become satisfying enough. But then when you open the door, it all falls out. <laughs> it hits you in the head. It's dangerous. <laughs> that's yeah. Right. Well, that's sort of the way the stuff in life does. You know, when you continue to hide things um, and to want things not to come out. And, and I think in, for people in the ministry, it can be really. Um, Satan uses shame a lot more maybe than people would think. They're more open to it. Because you love the Lord, you love the ministry, and I don't really mean necessarily a building or an institution, but the ministry to people. You would never want your life to be a reflection that would reflect poorly on Jesus. But let me just tell you today, you're not carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders the weight of your ministry, the weight of what you do, Amen. even your own voice to your own kids. That is all supposed to be on Jesus's shoulders. So if you think, man, if I let this out or if I acknowledge this thing that's going on, it's going to bring down my ministry, then your ministry is weighted on the wrong thing. It's standing on the wrong footing because Jesus is over our lives and he should be over our ministries and over our callings. You know, um, I was having that conversation with the Lord one day and he took me to John 15 and this told, and I'm like, okay, this says they'll know that I'm your disciple by the fruit in my life. 
And so if stuff's in going on or that you're worried about shame, then you're not following Jesus and letting him have it. You're kind of being like the rich young ruler and walking away. So I just am, I wasn't planning to say that, but I just want to encourage you to let the Lord point those things out to you. We don't even have to diagnose ourselves. We can let him diagnose us. You don't have to go digging around in your heart and your soul about, you know, saying, well, what, what's hiding? What's hiding? Don't ask yourself that, silly. Ask him that yeah. because he's the one that knows and he has an answer for all of it. What he began showing me was hiding shame that I had no idea was there. It wasn't from some huge bad things that I had done. So I would have said, no, I don't have shame. You know, the Lord forgives me for these little things that I do or, you know, if I make a mistake, he forgives me. I, I know right. that, but I had hiding shame. So um, you didn't get rid of it. Huh? You didn't get rid of it. Not until, until uh, yeah. Until a time where you really saw. And so what does it do? It robs you of your uh, boldness before mm -hmm. God, your ability to, to act on the Word of God and receive your healing by faith or receive whatever it is by faith. And when you repent, if you repent with your heart of something, the Lord cleanses you, the scripture says, of all unrighteousness. So why should you carry the, the weight of feeling guilty? Or condemnation would be the Bible word for it, I guess. Condemning you, Satan, condemning you. You know what you did. You know you did this. Well, if he comes at you with that on something that you've repented of, you just stand your ground. Say, that's, that's covered. The blood of Jesus has covered it. I'm free. Get out of my face, devil. This is none of your affair. Did you know we're never any of Satan's affair if we're born again? Oh, mother, that's good. He doesn't have any rights in my life unless I open the door to him now by sin or something else. And if I've done that even, I can repent, be cleansed. Or letting him shame you for something you did repent of. That's yeah. a lie. That's right. It's gone. It's yeah, burned it's, up. Oh, it's the blood. It's under the blood. So there's at least and three. By the way, Satan doesn't like to hear about the no, blood. No, he doesn't. <laughs> That's under the blood. He doesn't like to hear about shame on him. <laughs> no. There's at least, so, so there's at least three ways Satan gets us with shame. Three at least that we're dealing with today. The one you just said where you've repented, but he, you, you need to stand against the shame like that's mother right. just said. That's, that's just cut and dried, simple, black and that's white. It. Just, just do it. Do. Just believe his word. That's the more you put his word in Confess, on that, the more take your deliverance. faith comes that you are free from shame of whatever that was. Right. That, that kind of shame is more, a little more obvious. It's two hidden shames that I want to spend a little more okay. time on today. I'm glad you brought that up because though, because that that happens and we need to be aware of it, and that's one kind of shame. Um, so there's another kind of shame uh, of hidden things, and the way the Lord. Let me let me read let me read you a scripture real quick. Um, this is in Psalm 34, four through six, New Living. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy. 
No shadow of shame will darken oh, their faces. Good. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. I read that. I'm going to probably reference this again um, yes, you should. in the next few that days it. because it, it really, he freed us from trouble when you look to him for help. So looking to him is That's really important. Scripture. And there's two ways we look to him. One, we're going to deal with... Um, uh, hopefully by tomorrow we'll deal with the second one, but there's a way that you look to him for help and that's for stuff you don't know about. There was a, there's a scripture in Psalm. I'm going to just turn over there real quick just because it's changed my life and I've used it. I think almost, I've ended up coming here almost every time I've done the broadcast in the last year, just because it meant so much to my life. And I didn't know, I think when you're in the word and you're, you love the Lord, eventually he's going to lead you to the, like he did with the woman at the well, he's going to lead you to the right word, yeah. the right question that's going to be the thing that breaks the back of whatever he knows is going on in you. You may not know what's going on in you. But for me, this is the word he took me to. And I just, it caught my attention one day and I began praying this scripture. I did, had no idea that it was going to totally change my life. It's like when you saw the word about, um, in uh, Matthew about if he cared for the birds, yeah, he, he cares, cares for, for you. That's well, right. That changed her life. Absolutely. Well, this one has changed my life. Psalm nineteen twelve. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. And when the I, the, I, I say the Lord read this to me, because uh, I knew he's like, how can I know the sins that are hiding in my heart? And when he, when he read this, cleanse me from these hidden faults, you may have heard me say it before. I didn't hear that like, okay, Kelly, I want to cleanse you of your faults or that's your fault or that's your fault or my fault, like with the finger behind it, you know, a, a pointing finger behind it. I didn't read it like that. I read that word that day he read that to me. I heard it like San Andreas fault, you know, like, cleanse me from these hidden weak places. Yeah, and I began to realize that sin, that, that stuff that goes on and that tears up people's lives, you know, they sin some great big sin. That sin did not originate with a temptation. That sin originated from a weak place in your soul, a weak place, especially for somebody that loves the Lord. Yeah. That sin originated from something that was hiding in your heart, some weak place that, that allowed you to, uh, or thought that was a good idea or thought this is what I have to do. After you repent, you, you don't, don't let the devil beat you up with condemnation. I mean, after you repent, when you repent, the word, the Jesus, the blood of Jesus cleanses you of all sin, as far as heaven's concerned, you're cleansed. That's gone from you. Now the devil try to use it and, and put us down, keep us from uh, being able to receive by faith by saying, well, you know, you did this so-and-so and you, 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 this was a terrible thing and you did it. And he's trying to make you uh, own it. He's trying keep to make it. you take it back. 
And when, at that moment, you say, I am cleansed from all sin. I have repented of that devil. You don't bring it back to me anymore in the name of Jesus. Shut your mouth. Cast him out. He's a liar. Mm -hmm. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy, the Bible says. And we have to treat him like a thief and a criminal that he is. He wants to take things that don't belong to him. And it's the, it's the Holy Spirit that leads you yes. to that place. That's right. So you can dump So that it. you can do that. Because once you do that, it's, it's done. You're free, like you said. But Satan's And once you learn this about repentance, you don't have to go through that over and over again if you make a mistake and you go through it again. Go well, just, you, you, you know, you repent and that's it. And then if you, if you did do something else wrong, you're quick to, quick to receive forgiveness for it because I, of the blood of Jesus. I think Satan knows that's such a simple thing. So he works to hide the sin. He works yeah. to hide it so Keep far down repeating. deep inside of you that you aren't sure what's up. You, you have no idea what that thing is that keeps driving you to mess up your life, yeah. but we have an answer for that. The Holy Spirit can lead us to repentance for that by exposing it. The time to repent is immediately. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Don't let him have it. it. And, t and I mean, when you repent, you throw it into the ocean. Oh, you don't ever go get it. If Satan tries to bring it back to you, no, I've repented of that. Now, you have to quit doing it. I mean, you can't just repent and keep sinning. That won't work. You don't want to anyway. You want to be free. I mean, when people do that, Mom, and, and when they can't get free of it and they just keep doing it, they, there's something hiding. There's something driving that's that's doing that's driving them to do it. And this is a scripture that they the determine. Lord can use. Cleanse me from these hidden weak yeah, places. Like right. when you think about a fault line in the earth, and we've talked about this before, but it bears repeating that underneath, you know, everything on top of the earth is going on normal business, normal day, driving to work, walking to work, people going about their business. But when something underneath the surface of the earth, those plates shift, it rips the surface apart. And even a small shift in the earth's undercore can bring great damage to the surface. Well, that's what happens when we have weakness, weak places in our soul. So if you ask him, if you'll pray this, he says, keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. Well, I, to me, that's just such a powerful word. I wanted what God, this is one of the areas, shame is one of the areas that God pointed out to me. And mom, the craziness of, I, I was ministering this one time and I started, it's right at the beginning of me ministering on about shame. And I, I started to tell a story about an example. And do you know, as I, begin, I, I was in a women's conference, Jenny's sitting on the front row, my daughter, Jenny, Emily was, over here. So Jenny and Emily and one of my friends was in attendance at the meeting. I started to tell the story and I couldn't. I mean, I could, I did, but it was not easy to get this story out. And as I began to tell it, I thought, oh, 
I've never uttered these words to a human being ever, ever, ever. Hmm. And it was about something that happened to me in third grade. Oh my goodness. And who would have thought? I mean, it was not even a big deal. But let me tell you how shame works. It, did, it exposed to me how shame operates. It's one of those things we need to let the Lord dig out of us. Because once you took authority over it, the foothold, as we said yesterday, if you don't give him a foothold, he can't have a stronghold. The foothold of this thing that I had in me was gone. And the stronghold, the foothold, it was all gone once the Lord shined the light on it. So here's my story. Um, As an adult, well, yeah, as an adult, this scene would flash across my mind. I would see myself in third grade at summer camp with this incident that I'm going to tell you about. And I would see this in my mind, and I didn't stop and take authority over it. What was it doing? That that whole scenario was still lurking in my heart and I didn't realize it. So I didn't take authority over it. It was just something that happened in my past. I didn't feel, I didn't feel guilty over it. I didn't feel shamed over it. It was just in there. I mean, it was just something that happened, I thought. So let me tell you what happened in third grade. So I was at camp and I was, we were, we were having a bunkhouse meeting. It was like, you know, maybe 15 girls of ages, third grade through ninth grade. Christian camp. Christian camp. And uh, this was my first year at camp. And somebody had told us about it, told y'all about it. I went there every year. It was my favorite thing um, during the summer. But I, this is my first experience. I'm laying on the bunk. And I just remember they were talking about uh, what skit, coming up with ideas for a skit to do on skit night. So I don't know why I had my eyes closed. I can't tell you that. But apparently I had my eyes closed and laying there. Maybe I was just a third grader that was pooped. I don't know. After a day of camp. But the counselor says, ooh, she's in a trance. Talking about me. And for some reason, some ungodly reason, I decided to go with it. And I kept my eyes closed. I mean, I wasn't asleep, and I sure wasn't in a trance. Not that kids can't be in a trance, but I was not in a trance. But I decided to play along. And so I laid there while they talked about all these ideas for skit and and, uh, what we were going to do. So then in a little bit, I guess I've always been dramatic. I don't know. But I opened my eyes and I said, I've had an idea. Like, God. You you went for it, didn't you? I did. Just a little lying little poot. That's what I was being. And I I said, I've had an idea as though God had delivered this idea to this third grader. Anyway, and I don't discount that, but this is not what that was. So um, they said, what is it? So I told her this idea. Well, this idea had come from who the people that told us about the camp also told us about the skit that their son had done on skit night. And their son was older and, you know, had been a counselor and all that. So it had been a while back. So I tell them this whole idea. They thought it was great. They went with it. We did that idea on skit night. And I 
realized only, this was probably, this was about two years ago that I realized I had never told that story, never told anybody about it. Apparently, I didn't really repent for it because it was in there and it was hiding. Well, let me, y'all think that's funny. That's not a big deal. Who cares what a third grader does? <laughs> right? That's what I thought too, as that would flash across my mind. I never thought a thing about it. I mean, I remembered it, but I didn't stop and take authority over it or anything like that. Well, well I realized, well, listen to this though, mom. This is what the Lord showed me. It opened my eyes to how shame operates. Here's what, I would have that flash across my mind at just odd moments. I think I've even had it flash across my mind as I was ministering. Huh. But here's what it said to me. Every time that flashes, you're a liar. And what's worse, especially if you're about to lay hands on somebody, you're a spiritual phony. You're a spiritual liar. You're a ministry phony. Hmm. And I wasn't conceiving that up here in my head, in the front of my head, but in my subconscious, that was telling me I was a liar. Hmm. And that's how shame operates. About I don't know, last summer, I guess I was talking to some youth about some of these things and about shame and the Lord had me say this to them. And this is true for all of us, but I want to say this, if you're a youth and you're listening or if, no matter what age you are, if you're struggling with some type of sin or in, uh, temptation, this is what the Lord said. Satan is not trying to get you to sin for today. He's not trying to get you, you, you know, young people to sleep around or drink or disobey your parents. It's not about today. It's about 15 years from now, 20 years from now. You have, he's got a foothold in you mm. like a ticking time bomb waiting to just explode shame in your life, explode your life. You have no idea why you are compelled to destroy your life or why you uh, are hiding things or why you don't feel like you can do what God's called you to do, or why you don't feel like you are the righteousness of God. Satan is all about planting stuff like that. He's, he's patient at least and waiting for later to make your whole life explode. So don't give him a foothold. That's Just right. ask the That's Lord right. to show you and he'll reveal to you all the things that can be hiding in your heart. And remember this, the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sin, hallelujah, glory to God. So don't let the devil lie to you, try to put you under condemnation. If you make a mistake, if you sin, you repent and you take your freedom. Amen. In Jesus' name. You say it couldn't be that easy. Jesus made it, it wasn't that easy. He had to go through a lot to get righteousness for you and he did it. Kelly and I'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.